0: Hi and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Hey, i got a word for you. you ready for the Word of God? You're, uh, okay, the Word of God today, the title of my message is Fully Surrendered, Fully Surrendered. Surrendered. If you and I are going to live a life for God, in each season we need to live fully surrendered to God. As the church expands, as, as we've already heard, I didn't know that announcement was going to happen before I got up, but as your church is expanding, it requires people to expand and to surrender their lives to God. In Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to read you a few verses in a second. But prior to this moment, the Israelites were crying out to God for help because of their slavery. So God looked at the Israelites and He was concerned for them. And He remembered a covenant that He had with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob that He would give them protection and land if they would follow Him. So here Moses is tending the sheep when he came to Horeb the mountain of god and here it is on the screen exodus chapter 3 verse 3 to 5 it says this so moses thought i will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up and when the lord saw that he had gone over to look god called to him from within the bush moses moses who knows when your name's called twice you're in trouble any, parents, any kids know what I'm talking about? When, whenever my mum would go, Jesse, Jesse, you know I'm dead. So here's Moses, twice he's called by God. What does that mean? That there's an urgency. There's an urgency to what God wants you to understand. So if he calls your name twice, be ready to receive what God's saying. He says, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. He went on to tell Moses that he had heard the cries of the people and he was going to use Moses to lead them out of slavery into the promised land. See, we need to understand today that before God does something through you, oftentimes he wants to do something in you. If you're like me, I'm ready for what's next already. And God's like, no, Jesse, you're not quite prepared for what I have for you. I need to work on you a little bit more. Does any honest people in the room today or online know the feeling where I've got a plan for the next? And God goes, just chill out, Jesse. I've got a few things to deal with you about in your heart, in your life, in your attitude, maybe some areas on the inside. Before God does something through, oftentimes He wants to do something in you. Because when God has you, the rest is easy. When God has you, the rest is easy. When He has your yes, He can lead you wherever He needs to. See, when we become Christians, oftentimes we're a little bit like a wild horse. You're like, thank you, Jesse. I came out on a Sunday morning. I got out of bed to come into the house of God, and you're calling me a wild horse. Thanks for the encouragement. This is why we need to be broken. Something we don't talk about a lot in church is this word yielded to God. And if God really wants to use you and me, He needs to break us in the right sense of the word so that we'll be yielded to His purposes. We'll be useful in His hand. We'll be prepared for everything He has for us. See, Moses was full of doubt. He was full of insecurity, giving all the reasons why he wasn't the one that God could use. He wasn't qualified, yet God used him to deliver a nation and he gave his life to serve. Does anyone else wanna be someone that says at the end of their life, I serve my generation? I'm someone that served God with my life. I put myself out there. Maybe I was doubting, maybe I was fearful, but I wanna be someone that puts it on the line, that says I'm gonna be fully surrendered to God, that I wanna live for God all the days of my life. I don't wanna shrink back in fear, but I wanna step out In faith. So today I want to give you four things just quickly. If you want to live a life fully surrendered to God, first one is this very practical. First one is this listen for the whisper. If you want to be fully surrendered, you need to listen for the whisper. See, a sign of maturity, I believe, isn't just age. Because I've met some young people who are incredibly mature, and I've met some people who aren't that young who aren't mature and vice versa. But a sign of maturity in your life and my life is the time between God's voice speaking to you and your yes in response. I'll say it again, the distance between God's voice speaking to you and your yes in response to Him. See, it's not an age, it's not what title you have, it's not if you're you know, a few levels up in the church organisation or you're a pastor or any, It's are you willing to listen to God and obey what He says? If you want to be useful in every season of your life, I'll give you a very simple tip. Listen to the voice of God and when He speaks, do what He says. Oh my gosh, this is so complicated right now. But so often we complicate it. I remember when Manda and I were younger, she was a junior in working in the city on $17,000 and I was at Bible college making no money, paying money. (laughs) And God spoke to us in a meeting just like this and he said, I want you to give $1,000 to someone. I said, that is the voice of Satan. That cannot be God. That must be the devil's voice. And you know what, after we kept praying, because who knows when it's like that, you want to confirm that and you're like, I just want to be really sure, God, is this really you? And God surely said, yep, it is. And when we sowed that, it was like in fear and trembling. It was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. I don't know if I want to step out and do this. But the sign of maturity in our lives, and I believe a decision way back then set us up for many things in our future. God could say, I could trust you, Jesse. I could trust you, Amanda, with a, a thing that seemed big at the time, and it was very big, but he knew he had our heart. And I want to encourage you in every season of your life, if you've been coming for 74 years, or if you've been coming for a few days, or if this is your first Sunday here at church, whatever it is, why don't you listen to God and obey Him? And even if you're unsure, God, is this you? I want to do it out of a pure heart. Step out in faith and believe that God is going to use your life. Listen for the whisper. Listen for the whisper. God do something through me yes but first do something in my life. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. I believe at Horizon Church God is going to do. He's already doing it. He's done it in the past but who believes something is ahead for this church? Who believes that God is going to use this church in significant ways? Well what you have to do is prepare yourself. It's not just about Pastor Brad preparing, it's about you preparing yourself so when you begin to pursue God, He begins to set you apart. See Exodus chapter 3 verse 3, Moses says, he tries to go over and see this burning bush, I've got to get closer. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, He spoke. See, Moses drew near, then God spoke. Did you notice that God didn't talk until Moses moved? God didn't speak until Moses moved. God didn't speak, here it is, until he had Moses' attention. Oftentimes in my life, I I hear many times, and I've had this experience myself, God, I just need a word from God. I've pastored for about 20 years, and many people have come to me and said, Jesse, I'm just believing for a word from God. I'm like, me too, that's awesome. Amazing! I said, what have you done? And they go, what do you mean? Uh, I said, have you, have you drawn closer? No, I'm just flat out. I can't do anything. Well, well if you want to hear God, you have to pursue God. You, if you want a relationship with someone, you can't just stand back and wait forever. You have to pursue. You have to step out. You have to get closer. See, when Moses moved, God spoke. And in your life, if you're not hearing from God, I would say, do you have a secret place with God? Do you have a quiet time with God? Or is it Sunday the only time you're ready to receive from God? See, a sign of maturity is that you would listen to God, but you would also obey what He says. You have to put yourself in a position to hear God. Here's a key. God is a whisperer. He's a whisperer. Does anyone know a close talker? Yeah, don't look at the person next to you, beside you, behind you. Don't look at your spouse. Anyone know a close talker? Like, they come up to you uh, in the foyer. Yeah, you got other church. It's the church down the road, not Horizon. They come up to you in the foyer and you're like, oh, awesome. God bless you, man. Yeah, awesome. And they're literally right here. You can smell what they've had for lunch. And after all, you're like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, awesome. And then you end up over here. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? They give you no personal space. They're right up close to you. Guess what? God's a little bit like that in your life and my life. He's a whisperer. He gets right up close to us. He wants to have intimacy with you and me. He doesn't want to yell from this side of the room all the way to, he wants to whisper. And oftentimes the way you can hear the voice of God is if you draw close to God and say, God, I'm going to still my spirit. I'm going to put my phone to the side, and I'm going to say, God, I'm here for you. And I'm not going to say God will tell you something every day because that doesn't happen to me, but I'll tell you what will happen is your heart will be prepared to receive when God says something to you because you've positioned your life in a way to say, God, I know that I'm in a place to hear your voice, to listen to the whisper of God. In the Old Testament, Elijah and God uh, were communicating. And God said, I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the wind, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm in the still, small voice. What was he saying? He was saying, I'm in the whisper. I'm in the whisper. He wants to talk to you, but you need to get close to God. See, when God saw Moses pursuing his presence, God began to speak. God speaks To those who pursue Him, and God leads those who want to be led. It's true. If you want to, if you want to hear God, if you really want to be led, He will lead you. If you really want to carve out time to pursue God, He will begin to speak to you. He will begin to minister to you. I read this verse a few weeks ago in the Bible, in Joshua, and Joshua followed on from Moses as the leader. and, And I've wondered oftentimes why did God choose Joshua? If you're a younger person or an older person here today or online, I want to tell you two things that I think Joshua did well and it will do you and me well at the same time. The first thing is Joshua gave a good report. Joshua gave a good report, but the second thing Joshua did, Joshua lingered in the presence of God. I'll I'll read it to you. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 says this. Yes. The law, (laughs) don't you love it when it comes up? You're just like... The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. There we go. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I wonder if God looked across the earth and thought, who's going to be a leader? Who's going to be someone I can use? Someone that's willing to give a good report when other people are bringing a bad report every time. And also someone who's willing to linger a little longer in the presence of God. See, maybe he wasn't the best strategist. Maybe he wasn't from the perfect background. Maybe he didn't have everything together. But God looked across the earth and thought, who could lead the nation Who could be someone that I could use that would be moldable within my hands? And he looked at someone who stayed back. When everyone else left on a Sunday morning, I wonder if Joshua would just go, you know what? I think I'm just gonna stay for a couple minutes. I'm kind of hungry, but I wanna linger a little longer in the presence of God. I want more of God in my life. See, God reveals Himself To those who want to receive it, those who want to hear it. One of my favorite verses is in Psalm 123, verse 2, and it says, We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master, as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Can God give you the slightest signal and you'll pick it up? See, I've been married to Amanda for 20 years, 21 in January, 21 years, and we can be at a party, an event, a function, and Amanda's on the other side of the room, and Amanda can just go, guess what, I know what that means. It's taken me 20 years, but I know what that means. The slightest signal, I'm like, all right boys, catch you later, we're heading off, see you guys. (laughs) Why? Because she can give me a slight signal, and guess what, I know exactly what she means. I know exactly what she's saying. I'm ready. I'm, I know that what's going to happen. I'm going out and I'm, I'm moving because the slightest signal, that can be a good thing or a bad thing, those slightest signals, if you know what I mean. And, and, and the same with God. If you have relationship with God, does God need to write it in the sky for you? Does he need to say, Jesse, please just listen to me? Or can he just do this? You should bless that person. You should send that person a text. Could God just give me the nod and because of an intimate relationship with God, I know what's on God's heart. God's got that person on his heart. God's wanting to minister to that person. I want to listen to the whisper and respond to what God is doing. The second thing we need to do if we want to be fully surrendered is that we need to cultivate a hunger. We need to cultivate a hunger. Practically, how, to, how do you do that? Well, a good place to start and stay is you read the Word of God. You seek God, you worship Him, you surround yourself on a Sunday morning with other hungry people and you begin to cultivate a hunger in your own life. You create a time for God, just like you would create a time for someone wanting to meet with you, you would put a calendar invite in your calendar to say, I'm going to meet with God. I remember a pastor saying that and it convicted me. He said, in my, in my diary, I will put meeting with God. And I thought, that's amazing. If Pastor Tim wanted to hang out for coffee, I'd be like, put it straight in the calendar. I'm going to meet, I'm going to drive across the city to hang out. Would I do the same with my relationship with God? that I'd have the same desire that I'll put it in my calendar and I'll mark that out. And it says, it doesn't matter who else wants to meet with me, I'm going to meet with God. This is God's time. I'm cultivating a hunger for the things of God. One time I was in the UK with a pastor friend and I'd preached for them and they said this. They said, Jesse, have you ever been to an all-you-can-eat restaurant before? And I'm like, yeah. He said, I'm taking you to an all-you-can-eat Indian restaurant. And I almost fell over. I thought, this is literally heaven. Like, this is what heaven will look like, is all-you-can-eat Indian food. And they take me to this place, and I, I, I'm skinny, but I'm one of the skinny people that can really eat. Do you know that, like, I can put it away. Yeah, I see that hand. Any others? I'm one of those guys, like, I'll just keep eating, just put it out and I'll keep going. So I'm thinking, an Indian restaurant that's all you can eat, I'm going to send this place out of business. This is the best time of my life. So we go to this restaurant and I think, as I'm going, I'm dreaming, man, chicken tikka, dal, bread, all the nuns. this is going to be amazing. And then we get to the restaurant and surely it is beautiful. The food keeps coming as much as you want. You can keep going, you can keep going back. I think I had about 13 naan breads, every kind, cheese, garlic, everything. Anyone else getting hungry right now? And someone's like, praise the Lord. And all the different kinds of curry, everything you can imagine. I was starving, so when we got there, I'm just eating as much as I possibly can. I'm filling up on curry. I'm filling up on every all the biryanis and everything else. And eventually, I thought I could send the place out of business. But the truth is, eventually, I had to tap out. They were going to bring something else over. I'm just like, I will not. I'm going to vomit. Just put it back, please. I had to tap out. I couldn't eat any more of this food because I was completely full. See, when you eat a lot in the natural, you get full. But when you eat in the spirit, you get hungry. See, when you have spiritual food, you would think that you are going to be so full that you can't have any more. The opposite is true. You get an appetite for the things of God. When you spend time with God, you can't wait the next time to spend some more time with God. When you worship God, you think, man, that went so quick because I have an appetite for the things of God. Did you know that God has set a buffet, an all-you-can-eat buffet for you and me to receive from Him? And sometimes, this is what we do, we just walk straight past it. I've got a lot of other things to do. I can't, and God, I think God set a table. It says something about that in the Word, doesn't it? He set a table for you. He's prepared a table for you. And because of life, we've walked right past it and we haven't eaten of the things of God. We haven't drunk the presence of God. And we wonder why we aren't hearing from God in our lives. See, Matthew chapter six, verse six says, but you, when you pray, what does that mean? That means you should be praying. I should be praying. It's not if, it's when. When you pray, go into your room and when you've shut the door, everyone say shut the door, (laughs) shut the door. Pray to your father who is in the secret place. Tell you a tip if you wanna spend time with God and make it meaningful. See this? I'll tell you what to do. shut a door, it'll help you. I'm old school, shut a door, spend some time with God. If you try to spend some time with God with every notification, with every Instagram, with every email, with every bit of work, oh, i got to do this for the kids quickly, you'll rarely have time for God that is meaningful time. Get your phone and put it in the other room and shut a door. If you have kids, here's what I used to do, Close the car door and take the kids for a drive. They fall asleep. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Get some time with God on my own. See, look where the father is. Did you see in the verse? He's in the secret place. But Jesse, I thought he was on the throne. He is on the throne, but he's in the secret. I thought he was in heaven. Of course he's in heaven, but he's in secret. I thought he was here in church on a Sunday. Of course he's here. He's here right now, but He's in the secret place. Did you know 99% of the time in my life when God spoke something significant into my life, it was in a quiet time? I, I love Bible college. I work at the college. I have to say that. Um, I, I love the Word. I love church. I love conferences. I love events. I love all of that. But the time where God has done the most work has been in the secret place where I've said, this is my time, where I've cultivated a hunger for the things of God. The third thing, if you wanna be fully surrendered to God is you need to allow God to shape you. The best way I can explain this is in this scripture in Jeremiah 18, verse one to six. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go to the potter's house and there I'll cause you to hear my words. Verse three, Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again in another vessel, into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. There it is. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. See, clay, I couldn't get clay, but I could get Plato. Close enough has to be moldable in the hands of the person that is molding it and shaping it it must be soft it must be pliable and in your life the way that you keep soft and pliable is by protecting your heart that when someone offends you and someone hurts you and you have every right in the natural to go you know what i haven't done anything wrong you keep a tender heart before God so that you are soft and moldable by God. Have you noticed every time you ignore the dealings of God in your life, it's easier to ignore them in the future. So keep a soft heart so when God puts His finger on an area of your life, what do you do? You say, God, I'm sorry. I repent of that. I want to keep a pure heart before You. I want to keep a pure heart with You, God. The second thing is a tender heart is when the potter wants to mould it in a different way, you're pliable enough for him to move it, which means if he moves his hand one way, you mould with him. If he moves it the other way, you mould with him. You don't become, the last thing you and I want in our lives is this. I'll show you, watch this. The last thing you want in your life with God is this. that God would leave you alone. It's the last thing you want. Even David, when he sinned, he said this. He said, whatever you do, God, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. What was he saying? Keep messing with my life. Keep moulding my life. Don't leave me over there because if you're left over there, guess what will happen? You'll get harder. You'll get crustier. You will get very hard to mould and God will struggle to be able to mould because you have got hard on the inside. As we were praying before the service, someone read that verse out loud that said He gives you a new heart, a soft heart, a heart of flesh, not of stone. Friends, if you want to be a believer in every season that is fully surrendered to God, be someone moldable in the hands of God. That even when it hurts, even when it's stretching, did you know the wombs of God are ble- better than the blessings of the world? Someone needs to hear that. The wombs of God are better than blessings of the world. Even the stretching of God, even the areas where it's like, oh God, please don't deal with that in my life. That's better than any blessing the world could give you. That be moldable. Be moldable in the hands of God. First thing you need to do is you need to listen to the whisper. The second thing is you need to cultivate a hunger. And the third thing, which we don't like, is we need to allow God to shape us into something that He wants us to be. No, but I want to be on the shelf. I want everyone to look at me when they come into the house and God goes, "No, nah, I'm not shaping you just to be pretty. See, it'd be much more significant in the hand of God if you were useful. Right. Yeah, right. If you were useful to God. That if God thought on a Sunday morning in the Shire, he'd look across a city, he'd look across a region, and he'd think, who could I use? Who could I use? If only a people would have a heart, moldable, willing to change their plans, would be willing to deal with some stuff on the inside that you know, we haven't wanted to deal with. Be like David and say, God, whatever you do, don't take your spirit from, what was he saying? Don't take your hands off my life. Keep moulding my life. If you want to be fully surrendered, be moldable in the hands of God. I've got two questions for you. Do you want God to make you happy or do you want Him to make you holy? Do you want Him to do stuff for you or do you want Him to do stuff through you? A tender heart must be a priority in your life. The fourth and final thing, if I can invite the keys up. The fourth and final thing is this. If you want to be fully surrendered to God, the answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. Who knows, God is low on details and high on obedience. You might have missed that. Someone started laughing mid-sentence. I love that. That's awesome. Who knows God is low on details, high on obedience. That'll preach, not. People are like, no, I don't want that. It's like, God, who does this? I always do this. If God says something, I go, cool, God, can you show me how that's going to work? Like, how am I going to figure that out? How am I going to figure that out? And God just looks, I think, I think God just looks at me and goes, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You're, you're funny, Jesse. You are really funny. As if you were putting this together. <laughs> and I'm like humbled by that. Okay. And God, we want every detail. And God rarely shows you details, but He requires obedience of us. I'll show you a land that I'm going to show you. You take a step out and then I'll show you what it's like. No, 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 God, you show me and then I'll do it. <laughs> That's not how God will, you'll be staying stationary for the rest of your life if you're unwilling to be moldable by God and willing to step out on a maybe. Maybe you don't have the full picture, but I think from my heart, I think this, I've, I've asked wise counsel, I've asked my past. and they're all, they think it's the right. And I'll take a step even when I'm unsure gonna take a step of faith because God can be low on details. Doesn't mean we don't it. doesn't mean we don't get counsel, but He won't tell you. If you're waiting for everything and waiting to have it, you won't do anything. But He'll be high on obedience. God, whatever You say, it's yes. Whatever You want, it's yes. See, to be fully surrendered requires a response from You and from me. Many pastors uh, get on stages like this and they tell their story of how God spoke to them and they were called by God. I've grown up under the seats in church. So I've heard plenty of those stories. And they'll say in 1973, I was there, and God spoke to me and, and all these amazing stories. But the truth is, I don't think the most amazing thing about your life and my life is the call. I'll, I'll tell you why, because I think everyone has a call. Sometimes people think it's only a select few people who have a significant call. Man, just two, three, Pastor by wow. And I'll just go about, that's not true. God has a significant call for everyone watching online, everyone in this room today, every family member. Every He has a unique call. So the call is significant, but it's not everything because I'll tell you why. I've met a lot of people who have had incredible prophetic words, who've had unbelievable calls on their lives and they haven't responded to the call. See, someone told me a story one time and it just resonated, this verse in the Bible that says, "'Many are called, but few are chosen.'" And I remember being younger and thinking, yeah, called is cool, but this group is like way better. Like, can I get over here to the chosen group? And I'm like, how do I get from called to chosen so that I can really be used by God in some way? And this story went like this. I don't know if anyone else is like me, but who hates packing here? Does anyone hate packing houses? No, just two. Thank you for leaving me up on my own. Bless you guys. See, I just moved country and packing is a nightmare. But I'll tell you something way worse than packing, packing someone else's house. You know what I'm talking about? That's the worst, because it's not even your stuff. And (laughs) people are like, who is this guy? Who gave him a microphone? And this is, here's here's an example of it. See, packing someone else's stuff, because packing is, like people will say, we're doing a moving party. I'm like, that's not a party, mate. (laughs) That's not, no, get rid of party, moving, okay. Not party. They give me cold pizza. They're like, can carry couches through my house and it's boiling hot, banging my aunt. That's not a party. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking? So moving's bad, but moving for someone else is even worse. It's no party, get the pizza away from me. I'll come and help you, but it's not a party, man. So imagine today, after the service, you're with a group of friends. This is how you know real friends and fake friends. And someone gets up and says, "Um, hey, next Saturday I'm moving house. (laughs) Can anyone help? And one guy goes, oh man, I'd love to, but little Jimmy's got cricket. Yes, and he's like, thank you, Jesus. I could take my kids, I don't have to help. Goes to the next one, next one's like, oh man, all the heads go down, going up, trying to make excuses. Next guy's like, I gotta wash my hair. Love to man, but you know, gotta look after. And it's just excuse after excuse. Eventually one guy, one of the friends at the back does this. Hey, Jesse, I can help. Guess what I do? I go, well, I choose you. I'll tell you how to get from called to chosen. It's super complicated. God doesn't have any favourites. He's looking for someone who would say, God, you can use anyone. Use me. Tell you one last story, if I can have the the band up, the worship team. Just before I finish, I wanna pray for you. Amanda and I got called to Thailand for a number of years. And we were in a conference about 3000 people with a prophet named Michael Maiden. He's a very respected guy. For some reason or another, we were on like the third row and he called us to the front. Who knows on that walk, you're repenting for everything you've ever done. God, I'm sorry for yelling at the kids, kick the dog. Um, you know, all, does anyone know? Because it's, it's like a prophet. So, you guys are leaving me hanging up here, acting like you're so spiritual. You, you're the same as me, I know. And, and we stand out the front and we're just like, oh God, this guy's like a real prophet guy. And he starts counting. And he goes, one, two. Three, he counts. And you know when someone gives you a prophetic word and you want to act spiritual? Oh, number three, yes. Number four. I'm just like, what is he talking about? And he goes, four, five. He gets to 16. And he stops at 16. That's a lot of counting, yeah. (laughs) One eye open. We receive the numbers, yes. What does that mean, God? Is it in Revelation? Where is that? Um, And he stops at 16 and he said, God asked 16 other people to do what you're doing. And you were the first to say yes. And I don't tell you that story because of us. Please hear my heart. I tell you that story because we probably weren't the first choice. And you're like, wow, you should be very humbled by that. Or you could look at it and go, well, you put your hand up. At least you're willing to say, hey God, if you can use anyone, use me, use me. Hey, can you put your things down, stand to your feet with me? I'd love to pray for two groups of people just quickly. Just close your eyes. The reason I ask you to put your stuff down and just close your eyes is we literally just have like two minutes left. And I love the honour of praying for you, two groups of people. The first group I wanna pray for are people that maybe as I've been speaking, maybe as worship has been happening, you felt that God is speaking to you about something to surrender. Maybe it's an area that you need to deal with. Maybe it's a step of faith. Maybe it's God spoken to you about like sowing into someone's life or blessing someone. And you're like, you know what? I really wanna surrender that thing to God. I wanna live a life fully surrendered for God. In every year, in every season. As old as I am or as young as I am, my life is not my own. He is the potter and I am the clay. I want to be moldable in the hands of God. If that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. You can stay where you are, but you're saying, I want to be useful in the hands of God. If that's you, just quickly put your hand up and I want to pray over every person. Father, I thank You for so many hands going up. So many online, God, people online may be putting their hands up right now. God, I thank You for good people, people of faith, people of the Spirit, people of the Word, people of the secret place. God, I thank You for a group of people on a Sunday morning who are saying, God, choose me. If you need someone to help on a Saturday, I'll be your guy, I'll be your girl, I'll be your person to be useful in every area that you put me in. God, would You deal with my heart? Would You make my heart soft and not hard? Would You make me useful in Your hands? God, I don't just wanna be something pretty on a shelf. I wanna be something useful to You, that nations will be changed, cities will be changed, businesses would be impacted. God, I thank You for every person saying, God, I wanna live fully surrendered to You. God, I pray that they would be marked by You not by me, not by this message, but by You, God. It would be like You have put Your hand on their life, gently, but saying they're not alone. They're not alone, that You are working with them. You're working on their life. Father, I commit them to You. Make them world changes for You in Jesus' Name. Hey, if you can put your hands down, I wanna pray for one more group of people. And maybe you've come in today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or maybe you once did, but you wanna come back to God. You wanna recommit your life, recommit your heart to Him. Maybe you're online watching the service and you're someone saying, I need to get my life right with Jesus. We're gonna pray a prayer right now. And at the end of that prayer, if that's you, and you need to respond, you wanna respond in your heart, Just as I said, the most important thing is that you would make that response. You would take a step closer to God. Guess what? God's already waiting for you. He's waiting with arms wide open to receive you. So just while every head is bowed, every eye closed, the reason in church we do that is just for privacy so that you can make a decision of where you're at. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross and rising again. Today, I choose You. I say sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I repent. I turn to You. I thank You for Your love and for Your grace. And for this day forward, I wanna live for You in Jesus' Name. And everyone shouted. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.